Welcome to From Beyond, a podcast about consciousness, metaphysics, and a wide variety of provocative spiritual topics. I'm Michael Vodder, and I'm here with Universal Channel author and spiritual consultant Cindy Riggs. Cindy has been practicing professionally for 20 years, and she has a unique and fascinating perspective on spirituality. I've channeled a lot of spirits over the years, and every single one of them says the same thing, right and wrong are just concepts in our mind. Now, we live in a society that has rules that are determined to be right and wrong. And interestingly, those have changed so much over the centuries. I went into a museum in another country, and right now I don't remember which country that was, but it was a torture museum. And they had all the torture devices, and then they had all of this data about the reasons that people would be tortured. Oh, wow. And one of the reasons I'll never forget was uh, a musician who played a bad song. No way. Yeah, he'd be tortured publicly wow. for that. Or the the uh, baker who made a bad loaf of bread. Wow. He would be tortured publicly for that. And so we've come a long way <laughs> with the right and wrong concepts, but they seem to shift every generation. Yeah, wow. I mean, I'm glad that torture is, is uh, not normal anymore. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I guess like on a society level, that was a that was an effective way to like reinforce certain behaviors. Sure. Right? Sure obviously, was. if you if you torture a bunch of citizens for doing something, then people are going to stop doing it. <laughs> Right. How do you how do you prevent baking a bad loaf of bread? And yeah. who's to, to to decide what's a bad loaf of bread? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's an interesting uh, segue into like what we're doing now as a society because we are sort of publicly punishing people for certain things, oh, right? On sure on Twitter are. and whatnot. And it's just interesting. Mm -hmm. Like we're not torturing them, but we're um, we're definitely still like as a society trying to enforce whatever our grand view of right and wrong is. Right. Wow. I say right. I shouldn't say right. Um, I agree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How about that? Um, so, okay. That is very interesting. So like like, a, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say like the whole sexual harassment issue right now. Yeah, absolutely. With people who are famous mm -hmm. being publicly tortured, so to speak. It could be torture to them. So to we speak. don't know what torture yeah. is to them. Right. If nothing else, it's like we're trying to make an example of these people, which, yeah, is basically the concept of torture uh, mm -hmm. for, right. for those medieval societies or whatever. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like you take this one person who stole a loaf of bread, you like mutilate them in the public square, and then you're literally making an example of that person so that people stop stealing bread. I mean, mm -hmm. we're taking these celebrities who have uh, been accused of sexual misconduct and we are castigating them on Twitter and in the public sphere and the professional mm -hmm. sphere, trying to make an example of them so that other men won't do the same thing. Right. And speaking of Twitter, who decided that anybody could just say anything they want? Like, where's the right and wrong with that? I mean, people well, really tear people apart on Twitter. I mean, I was thinking about that earlier it, in um, like we evolved in a tribal setting. So mm -hmm. our rules our our sense of right and wrong, our sense of morality evolved within a tribal setting. Uh, the primary point of it being that if a if a tribe, if everyone in the tribe was kind to everyone else in the tribe, 
the tribe would be more likely to survive. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but um, like everyone, a tribe is like 150 people or so. So you're all sitting around the bonfire. I mean, obviously, <laughs> that's kind of a ridiculous imagining. I don't know what it would have been like. But um, mm-hmm. somebody says something, everyone, it gets around. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't you right. can't like there, there are no private conversations if like your entire society is 150 people. Everything is going to get around. Of and, course. And so um, it was probably a, a bit more like what we're seeing now where everything you say is public forever. Right. Like on, yeah. on Twitter, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so now as a tribe, because we are still kind of behaving like a tribe, mm-hmm. just like a yes. tribe that kind of hates itself. Um, <laughs> It's really true, though. I yeah. like how you put that. A tribe that hates itself. But as a wow. tribe, we're still trying to enforce behaviors on ourselves. Yeah, we are. But this public, I don't know, it's just interesting to me. And, you know, like who decided it was a bad loaf of bread, but also was there proof of this bad loaf of bread? Did everybody taste it? You know, like, did everybody hear the bad song that the musician played? Did everybody think it was bad? I mean, even if everybody thinks it's bad, it's it's not bad to the one who's playing the song because that's their perspective of reality. And I feel like we all have unique perspectives. At least that's what I'm told over and over again. (laughs) And why are we not able to own those? Well, yeah, there's a judgment call always. Yeah, right. Somebody's making a judgment call. In the case of torturing someone for making a bad loaf of bread, it was probably like the some noble person, some uh, prince was probably just like pissed about the bread. And then that was... Maybe. Or maybe it was his competitor who was just trying to, you know, you know, a lot like our um, political ads right now, Yeah, you know, where they're just bashing each (laughs) other and they're trying to, you know, bad talk the other person when um, it was a fine loaf of bread. But that reminds me of all of this um, sexual misconduct when someone can say, oh, this person did this to me 11 years ago and there's no proof. Right. There's no evidence. There is. Um, there's definitely a judgment call. And uh, right. we're kind of like, it's just sort of the Twitter sphere is kind of making these judgment calls and different groups of people are making them. And the media. Uh, Don't forget the media. Surely, surely the media <laughs> has an influence. A lot of powerful people have an influence in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's really still all pot- politics. It is. Yeah. I guess on some level. I mean, just like someone in a corporate setting is trying to get somebody else's job. So they make it look like that person's screwing up or they even say this person did this wrong or said this to me. And it's not even true. There's no evidence. Well, so let's set the evidence thing aside for okay. a minute because we're let's. So, I mean, if we're talking about right and wrong, let's just say that true. It's, let's just say that there is evidence that somebody did something quote unquote wrong. There's still a mm-hmm. judgment call as to whether or not that's wrong and whether or not it should be punished. Indeed. Right. And so Indeed. like, and another way to make this more like personal and spiritual is that, I mean, we're talking on this society level right now, but like within the individual psyche, yes. we make judgment calls every day about whether or not to torture ourselves over given things. Mm-hmm. We decide whether or not given things that we've done were wrong. Yeah, it's true. Even if they weren't against the law, 
right. we're deciding if they were wrong for us or for whoever it might have affected. Yeah. It's a fascinating thing to think about and we're never going to have a conclusion because it's, we've still got as many points of view as we have people. Well, yeah, and our views about right and wrong are essentially just, it's an evolved behavior that, mm -hmm. was, that was adaptive a million years ago when we were mm -hmm. in tribes. So, like, I don't know. I, I think, because, I mean, the next direction to go with this conversation is, well, what, like, how do we decide what's right and wrong for a society or for us? Mm -hmm. I think, I guess I'm just, like, like throwing some skepticism in there early on. It's like, it's, no, it's, good. it's all just it's all just whatever was adaptive for mm -hmm. tribal societies. That's kind of what we in our cores think is right and wrong. Yeah, that's true. Because that's what we've been taught to believe is wrong or right. Sure. Told by our parents, our parents' friends, well, I don't people know. What at do church, you think is whoever. Right? What do I think is right? Yeah. For myself or society? Uh... How do you how do you decide what's right? Like I don't know. Let's pick an example. Maybe you're baking a loaf of bread. Like how do you decide whether or not it's it's right? Good question. Because I could follow the recipe exactly. Right. Okay. That doesn't mean it's going to turn out the way the person who wrote the recipe mm. no it made could it. suck. Your bread could absolutely suck. Could yeah. I could have a different kind of ingredient than they had. Yeah. But it's bread, so I don't know how we would know if it's terrible unless it didn't rise or tasted spoiled. Yeah, that I guess so in that case there are objective metrics of like is it or is it not spoiled? Like you could right. you could like have people taste it and like answer a survey and like go based on the score like and decide whether or not it's good. However, bread. Everyone has different taste buds. Yeah. And um, that's why we have so many food choices because not everybody likes the same thing. And people have different nutritional needs too. Obviously, of course. It's not all about taste. And sensitivities. Right. Like if I were to eat the bread, I'd probably not feel very good because I'm allergic to eggs if they're in there mm. and um, not so great with wheat. So I wouldn't maybe feel as good as someone else who is not sensitive to those ingredients. So, so it's just, it's all subjective. In your life it? then? In my life. Let's say that, well, that let's, say, let's pick an example of something that you have to kind of make a judgment call about. Okay. So what I always intend to do, whether I do it or not, is to go with what feels right to me. So now I'm going to get a little more into spirituality by saying, if we go with what feels right in our heart or our gut, it's usually a more truthful answer for us than what we are deciding in our mind based on all of the deduction or whatever is facts or whatever it is in well, the mind. What if what feels right is, is murdering someone who just insulted you hmm yeah it's a good one I uh, have never been in that situation so I'm not sure <laughs> I mean that's I fair I can but that's uh, where like that's well, where see, these now, codes of conduct come into play right right but see I could open up a can of worms there on 
um, being offended or not. Okay. Fair. (laughs) Right. And like, I can't be offended. No one can offend me. I have to choose to be offended by what they have said based on my judgment. Buddha talked about first and second darts, right? Like the first dart is like Mm -hmm. the person saying something and you, you like feeling a stab of, of like hurt about it. And Mm -hmm. the second dart is you then kind of like reacting and, Mm -hmm. and turning it into a bigger thing. Right. And I'd rather respond rather than react. Exactly. But okay. I mean, murder is, is wrong. Yeah. I mean, we kind of agree about that. Murder is, yes, that seems to be in agreement that that is wrong. However, (laughs) from (laughs) the largest perspective of all of the lifetimes, we don't understand whatever karma might be playing there. Fair. We can't. I mean, and to be um, fair also, we murder people and things all the time in in war and uh, oh yeah a, a lot of people believe that our our livestock practices equate to murder right like mm-hmm. oh yeah we're killing millions of animals sure every year putting pets to sleep that don't have a home right um killing cows for beef and for leather sure Um, and so, yeah, is murder wrong? Well, not if you just ask that as a simple question, is it right? Is it wrong? Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, okay. So then as a society here, like at this particular moment when we're recording this in October of 2018, mm -hmm. uh, the big issue is this Kavanaugh hearing and sexual misconduct, which we've referred to a few times. So like there's this huge Mm -hmm. cultural topic uh, of like whether or not certain things are wrong and what we should do about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, we've all kind yes. of agreed that like we've kind of like as a society, we've settled into a set of norms as, as to like when murder is or is not wrong. Like we have rules about it. Like if somebody comes at you and attacks you, you can kill that person in self-defense. Mm-hmm. And we like mm-hmm. consider that valid. Like we've, we've established mm-hmm. that norm yes. like over millions of years. And I guess our norms with regard to sexual conduct are evolving and shifting. And so now they are certainly are, shifting right now. Yeah. <laughs> Into like, something. What do you mean by that? Into something we don't know where it's going. Sure. We don't know if this is going to get even more severe or if it's going to, if there's going to be some kind of agreement that is created. Yeah. I mean, usually I, um, these things happen on the order of like thousands of years. Right. Yeah, like, true. <laughs> but we don't have that kind of time, literally. We don't. No. Yeah. When I channeled last week, I channeled the oneness, and they talked about a lot of changes happening in our reality right now, and pretty dramatically because there's there's a whole paradigm shift occurring, mm. and we're in the middle of it. It's very true. Well, and so then with regard to this. Uh, the sexual misconduct issue, you have Mm -hmm. a couple different tribes. You have the progressive tribe, for lack of a better term, that uh, believes one way, and you have the conservative tribe that believes a different way. Mm -hmm. Let's call them traditionalists, right? Okay, sure. It's basically, in my mind, at least this is how I'm breaking it down right now, is it's people who, uh, who preference traditional sexual and gender roles and people who don't you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so like those are those are very different views and you're going to view 
cultural events much differently depending on which view you it's have. True. It's good. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, that's an example where your paradigm, uh, I was thinking about that because you're talking about paradigm mm -hmm. shifts. I mean, if mm -hmm. um, your paradigm is going to totally impact your stance on certain issues and right now as a culture we are definitely shifting paradigms i mean i feel like we've always had the the conservative versus progressive thing is is pretty timeless i think yes i would agree but uh still right now it feels like we're evolving in one direction or another pretty quickly mm -hmm. and where we're going we don't know but the oneness was saying you must embrace what is. I would say also based on what I've channeled and what I understand about spirituality is we can look at a case or an issue and we can be angry about it or we can look at it and say, well, that's part of divine order. You know, if, if, if that in involves me, then there's some action I must take. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was sexually harassed at work in 1984. Um, I'm not gonna, I can't, I'm not gonna do about anything about that now. And also I wouldn't want to because yeah. I only look back and I don't think, oh, this thing happened to me, you know, uh. um, it doesn't define me now. What mm. defines me is the confidence I have to not allow that to occur again. Well, and, if, and some, I, if somebody who sexually harassed you was like suddenly about to be nominated to Supreme Court you might like as a as if you had a political stance especially if you had a political stance where you didn't like that person both politically and as a person because they sexually harassed mm -hmm. you i can see wanting to take action i can see that but i wouldn't that's i mean that's fair that's um fair. just because of the energy of it got you it's it was my fault was I it? could have reported it. Yes, could have reported it to someone. In fact, they were trying to pull it out of me and I wouldn't tell them huh. when I was quitting the job. Um, I could have, you know, said some things to him or hit him, you know. So why didn't you? <laughs> I could have swung and hit him because I was too young and I, I don't know what too young is, but I was 19 and I never had a situation like that before. I never mm -hmm. even really conceived of a situation like that. I, he was a manager and I just didn't think there was anything I could do about it. Plus no one was talking about it back then. Okay. I don't think anybody would have really, oh, well, well, that's just how he is. Uh, yeah. You know, even, even as recently as 2001, I was told that someone in my team that I was working with, well, that's just how he is. Mm, yeah. Um, and it was a different kind of situation. Well, and that's where the norms have harassment. shifted nowadays in the workplace. Right. That stuff doesn't fly. And it's no, it doesn't. But it did fly. And when you're reporting something to the highest up person and they say, well, you know, Whatever. that's just how that person is. Just deal with it. Um, then, yeah, you you're going to go with it, especially if you're 19. Well, sure. And, yeah. and I'm just going to do my best to work around it. But so, you, you know, like. But so I think where we were going with that is you don't you don't look back on that and think you don't look back on that with regret. Like you should have done something differently. 
No, it was a learning experience. I look back on that and like, wow, no one prepared me for something like that and what to say and what to do or not say or do, because mostly it was not saying and not doing. Um, (laughs) so whatever, you know, I didn't get murdered, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. It was just mostly, well, it wasn't mostly verbal, but, um, (laughs) it was, it was, um, Seemed like a little bit much to me, but I just thought, well, he's a manager, so. Well, and so, as, you know, I guess there's of, nothing I can do. Regardless of whatever trauma you've undergone, like it could have been more horrible, and still you have the choice as a person Always. as to how you're going to construct a narrative around it. Of course. Right. I would so, say the only trauma was that I quit my job and then I didn't have that job. Well, there you go. That's. Yeah. I mean, I didn't care about him. I just didn't want him to, you know, he knew where I lived, so I didn't want him to, you know, slash my tires or something. That's yeah, what I, that right. was, was going on in my 19 year old head. Well, this and is that's what he would fair. Do. Like that's, that's you playing it safe and yeah, that's a respectable position for sure. I think today people would just feel more comfortable speaking out against him because there's this huge, uh, movement in that direction where it's kind of cool to speak out now from a yeah. certain I mean well, like on like it'll still it would still be um painful in that workplace environment like in that moment but like Twitter is going to come to your aid like a certain subsection of Twitter is going to come to <laughs> sure. your aid a certain yeah. subsection of of the progressive world is going to mm-hmm. it's going to rally around you and so it feels right. it feels more safe Right. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't define me at all. In fact, I look at it as, well, I just didn't have any confidence, did I? <laughs> Back yeah. Then. And I just look at how far I've come confidence-wise. And um, I'm glad I had the experience, actually. Because I rarely have any of that experience now. No one – because I have an energy that says you can't <laughs> – you know, I mean, I do, you know, yeah, how they, yeah. say, you, like, they I, say walk a certain way and walk, you know, like you're really confident. I'm like, yeah, I do, because I do have the confidence and I'm not going to track that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I, I think you, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with you if I, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I like to think that I could handle just about every situation. Now, if there's a gun to my head, I might respond in a different way. I don't know. Yeah. But I'd like to think I could talk to that person still if they're not too, you know, mentally ill. Right. Um, because I don't know how to talk to the mentally ill. Well, so, I mean, that kind of sidesteps the whole question of right and wrong, at least in your psyche, is because, like, regardless of whether or not that act at the time regardless of whether or not that what that person did was wrong mm-hmm. it's almost a sideshow when as far as like your psyche is concerned like what matters is how mm-hmm. you interpret it right how, how you exactly. how you learn from it how you let right. that rest in your psyche for the rest of your mm-hmm. life not i can't uh work for a company again because that happened to me and it's going to happen to me again that's ridiculous right or some people say, well, I can't wear the color blue because that was the color I was wearing when this thing happened. You know, like, <laughs> come on. No, it's true. People yeah. do that. Well, and it, that kind of reminds me of people who are like, well, I turned the light switch on and off three times 
and I didn't die. So like, I'm going to keep doing that. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. how you develop like certain obsessive behaviors. Yep. Yep. That's right. And, um, I, I am astounded actually at how many people are using the past to define or to, as an excuse for how they are. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's a that's not a good way to go. But we do it all the time. I do that all well, the time. Well, it's not wrong. <laughs> Back to right and wrong. It's not wrong. It's just not helpful. Right. And if you want to move forward or evolve or feel better or have a better relationship or have a better job or whatever it is you want, that's you yeah. think is better. That's interesting. Yeah, I definitely that's in, um that sort of flipping of the question of right and wrong and turning it into a question of useful or not useful. That's something that I think yes. happens a lot in the spiritual community. And it's, it does. it's probably quite use, <laughs> useful. Useful. Probably, yeah. probably quite useful <laughs> to see things that way, right? It really is. Because is this helpful for me is the question. Even mm-hmm. when I teach people how to communicate with their spirit guide with simple yes or no questions, I say, don't ask, should you do this? Mm. Is this right? Is this wrong? Ask, ask your guide is this beneficial? Is this helpful? And it will say yes or no, or maybe nothing. It will say nothing because it's neither helpful or not helpful. Right. Very interesting. Neutral kind of situation. And there is a neutral state of being that we can achieve. We don't have to be right or wrong, good or bad here. There is actually a fine, fine line between that duality that we can actually achieve. And that's the true presence of being. I'm told <laughs> yeah. and I have experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's interesting because to kind of go back to where we started, the, the idea of right and wrong is it's an evolved sense that came about mm-hmm. in a tribal context. We're not really in that context anymore. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter so much whether or not a given person on Twitter likes you in the same way right. that it would have mattered in a tribe of 150 whether or not that mm-hmm. person likes you. Everyone has to like you, right? But now that's, we're not living in that reality anymore. And, and so, maybe that's good because it's impossible for everyone to like us. Maybe that's part of our ability to evolve into new mm-hmm. realms of consciousness. Yeah. Because to have an expectation that you can please everyone is not even realistic. True, yeah. In a space of duality. Yeah. Because we have too many preferences and we have too many choices and we have too many points of view. Yeah. But I mean, like in a tribe, so like if you, if someone shares their food with you one day and then the next day you don't share your food with them, that's an example of something that would be wrong. And then for the tribe, Mm -hmm. that's not useful. And now people are going to not like you Mm -hmm. and not be your friend because you're, you don't like, because reciprocity is is good. It's right. Reciprocity mm-hmm. is right. You know. Well, and if we think about it energy-wise, it is a balancing of energy. You're so right. okay. it is helpful yeah. to reciprocate because it, it, it creates balance and harmony. Right. But I could turn that on its head and say, well, if somebody is hateful towards you, it's not often useful to balance that out with more hate. 
Oh, absolutely not. No. Right. You were talking about sharing food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm just, I guess I'm just trying to figure this out in my own mind. Reciprocity isn't always good, right? Like if somebody. Well, right. It depends on what the act is, I suppose. But and how it feels to you. Regardless. Yeah. That's all, the question of right and wrong is this, this other thing of useful or not useful is, mm-hmm. is perhaps more useful <laughs> and how does this all relate to the question of how you feel, though? Because that you said that, and people say that a lot in the spiritual community. It's tied mm-hmm. into the law of attraction. It is. And they say the way you feel indicates what your inner guidance system is telling you. Yeah, but what if I feel like murdering someone when I really shouldn't? How do you know you shouldn't? Well, I mean, that's fair. It's just we, Well, because you're going to go to prison, right? <laughs> well, I just know. I know that I shouldn't mm-hmm. murder, right? Like we can deconstruct that as just being like some kind of Mm -hmm. socially constructed whatever. But like, you know, I kind of do believe that murder is wrong. Yes. But are you feeling it from your intuition or are you feeling it from an emotion based on a judgment? Okay. That's what I would. And a lot of people don't know how to discern the difference. Right. Yeah. So that's where people you know, murder someone just spur of the moment. And they weren't really thinking, am I feeling this as anger? Because if it's anger, it's fear. And it has nothing mm. to do with your inner guidance. Inner guidance, I'm pretty sure, well, but then if you talk about tribal, you know, I don't, I don't know if those people's inner guidance was telling them to kill animals, to eat them. Yeah, you never know. I think you know, people's we inner won't guidance, know. Uh, I think you have, maybe you have to... Hmm. It's interesting. I know it's complicated. Because <laughs> yeah, you. Can, I, I guess my point with this line of thinking is like you can't always act on your feelings, because oftentimes oh, no. it, that that ends up. Oftentimes your feelings are like you said. It's like it's a reaction to a mischaracterization of something. You got to right. It, it, over is, something. it is a reaction, not a response. Because if we're truly present, we can think for a moment about what our response is going to be. But if we're reacting so quickly, and I just mean a moment, like a split second (laughs) moment. um, Well, so you said that if the, if the, okay, so it's important to look at how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. um, But then you said that if, if the feeling that's inspiring your intention of how you want to act if that feeling is anger or fear then maybe don't trust it is that kind of or I wouldn't trust it if it were motivated by fear and that's what I always try to notice in myself okay now am I going to say this or do this because I have some kind of anxiety or fear or expectation or something in that fear category um, even if it's if, if I'm in fight or flight, right. then I need to wait. I need to wait before I make the decision. I need to wait before I speak. I need to sleep on it, whatever it is. Um, because if you're operating from the ego, it can't most likely be true inner guidance. Okay, right. So we could still say that, I mean, so we can still say that inner guidance is it's a it's appropriate and useful for one to tune in and listen to inner guidance always. Yes. And your stance is that if you're angry and if you're sort of in a a, a lower vibrational space, 
mm-hmm. you're just out of alignment with your inner guidance. And so you Correct. shouldn't listen to your feelings in those Correct. moments. Because even as Abraham says, it pinches off or it hits the shutoff valve and you don't have access to that flow of information that's trying to come from you that is from truth, your truth, you know, your higher self, your soul. Yeah. And then you're operating from a lower frequency, which is not wrong either. We're in duality and that is how humans have operated for so long. But I think we have a spiritual movement because it hasn't made us happy (laughs) for thousands of years. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. I mean, we've probably had this tension the whole time. Mm -hmm. Of course we have. And then there's the issue of everybody wants to be the alpha. We're animals. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and everybody wants to be right. And we are all right. But we, we, when we want to be right and have somebody else be wrong, that's when it causes that resistance or that resistant energy or tension or whatever else it can blossom into. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite quotes is, do you want to be right or happy? (laughs) Yeah. Particularly when it comes to politics, because that is something I think it's funny that they call it political science to me. But um, it's funny how we think that everybody's going to agree on something because we never, ever will. No, that's you're absolutely correct. We will never agree. And so many times I've been channeling and people ask the spirit who's speaking, when will world peace be achieved? And they say, never. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point. Not that, that is the point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, in, that's like Jesus coming back and people being like, well, wait, where's the real Messiah? And he's just like, no, like, it's me. Like, we're, we're yeah, finding really inner me. peace, guys. Like, inner peace. There's no grand mm-hmm. Messiah who's going to come and right. kill all the bad guys. Like, No. <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing should have to be destroyed or harmed so you can be happy. Yeah. Not you, not you, Michael, but anybody. <laughs> um, so we individuals can be happy and no one should be. Um, I mean, everything political is about duality. So that's why I steer away from it. I don't like you said, would you speak up if this guy was going to run for, you know, Congress or something. And I'm like, no, because I can sit back and let go of it and have no emotion about it and let divine order take care of it. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean I think that something bad should happen to him. I'm sure he's had some kind of lesson by now or some kind of awareness. And if not, he'll get it when he transitions. Mm. It's okay. Interesting. And no real harm was done. Now, that wasn't a sexual assault situation, so I can't speak to that, mm-hmm. you know, or rape or, you know, I, I can't speak to that abduction. Because in that case, yeah, there is a personal violence that has occurred. That's correct. And so. And that person needs some counseling for post-traumatic stress disorder, most likely, and some other support. <laughs> right. But. You know, what can they learn from it? Instead of continuing to be the victim, how can you move out of that so that trauma is no longer part of you? I mean, it's like the story of Job in the Bible. It's like that, I guess, the lesson 
from that for me at least was even if all of the bad things happen to you, even if mm-hmm. every single imaginable atrocity is committed against you, mm-hmm. uh, still you can have inner peace and trust God, yes. trust the universe. How were there peaceful? That's your choice. You can. That it's always a choice. The way we feel is always a choice, regardless of what anybody does or says. Now, <laughs> that being said, if I were kidnapped, you know, I, I don't know how I'd handle it. Right. Um, I mean, well, because I mean, also that just like pulls you immediately into a lower vibrational space. If you're kidnapped, obviously you're going to be operating in fear and anger mode. Because you are in fight or flight. It's going to be difficult. Yes. Or, and so, okay, also. But like, not impossible, because what about the people in Auschwitz? Right. There were people who were very positive. Right. Well, and I was going to say now, if let's say someone has a chronic disease, that pulls you into a state of fear as well. But mm-hmm. you can, as in Auschwitz, you can, you can transcend that. Mm-hmm. That's what the whole spiritual movement is about. That's what I, that's, I think that's what the whole point of being human is about. Okay. To transcend whatever contrast comes our way. Yeah. I, I think that is a coherent narrative. <laughs> is it? <laughs> uh, yeah. I At guess least, so. you know, based on what I hear from the spirit world. Yeah. And that's where I've learned a lot of my spirituality. Mm-hmm. Is directly from that world where there is no ego, there is no pain or fear mm. or that's victim. I mean, that's exactly where a shaman a million years ago would have um, would have learned mm-hmm. it. It's directly from the spirit world, right? Which we all have the ability to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if we don't believe that, then um, first we have to believe that's possible. All right, well, can, can we do some kind of like, uh, how, how would we, okay, so the next question is how can one get into this space of, of alignment, inner peace, mm-hmm. non-judgment, non-reactiveness, et cetera. So maybe, Thank we you should, for you. maybe we should close out this conversation with some kind of like direct, directed something yeah. or other. Oh, yes. Let's let's do a guided visualization. Let's do that. So if you're driving, please don't do this. Listen to it later. <laughs> cool. Good when you're in a safe space, <laughs> safe, quiet space. But if you are in a safe, quiet space, get comfortable. Keep your ankles uncrossed. Close your eyes. We'll just take a few deep breaths to begin with. And just start to notice how some of the muscles of your body are relaxing. Let yourself sink deeper into your chair or your couch or wherever you are. And bring your awareness now to your soul or your higher self, the true essence part of you that is the spiritual part of you that has no body, no personality, and even no thought. It's that eternal consciousness that you are, that eternal energy 
that you are, bringing your awareness to it wherever you believe it is. It might be inside of you, it might be outside of you or around you. Wherever you imagine that it is, is true. So just looking at it in your mind's eye and noticing if it is a specific size, like you might compare it to a point of light or a golf ball or a basketball or maybe even larger than that. That's also true because there is no right and wrong here. And then just notice the color of that energy, or maybe it's more than one color. And then, as you can imagine, a flashlight could do if you could turn it up, turn up the brightness, turn it toward you so it's brighter, make that brighter, turn up the volume on that brightness. And as you do that, it can start to spread around you, into you. And every time you practice this alignment with your true self, your true essence, it can happen more quickly, more powerfully. And then if you don't feel something already, you may begin to feel this energy. You may begin to feel tingling or coolness or warmth Somewhere in the body, you might be able to feel and imagine or detect something outside of the body like static or electricity. Focusing on only this until every cell of the body is illuminated with it, filled with it. And then all of the skin's pores can open up and that light can beam out in every direction from the body as far as you can imagine, beyond your room, beyond your city, your state, your country, the globe. And when we extend our energy like that and keep our awareness focused on it, we align ourselves, we raise our vibrational frequency, which helps us to step out of the fearful place and into the knowing place, or maybe even into the neutral place, maybe even into the blissful place. And when we have that experience and truly know that we have had that experience, the things that used to bother and annoy us, even if it was just a few minutes ago, don't seem that important anymore. And that's how we know we have risen above the way we were feeling about something or someone. Expanding it out even further now, beyond the galaxy. Some people believe they feel high when they do this. Perhaps you'll feel high because your frequency is high. And as frequently as you practice this, 
you will raise your frequency each and every time. And you will feel better and lighter, clearer and more content and peaceful. Taking a moment to notice any more sensations in or around the body. Just noticing them, not judging them. Just noticing. And in a few moments, we'll open our eyes. You'll feel clearer, lighter, more peaceful, content, and pleased. Slowly opening the eyes when you're ready. How was that, Michael? That was lovely. (laughs) It's one of my favorites. You can call that a meditation if you want, but if your mind doesn't like the word meditation, then call it creative visualization. Right. Call, call it, you know, the five minutes I gave myself today or whatever. The more we do that, the better we're going to feel about everything. I learned recently that visualization actually shuts off the, um, like the left brain activities mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of reasoning and, and language. Because yes. you can really kind of only operate one at a time. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and you're engaging that that necessary right brain that too many of us don't use enough. Yeah. For creativity and fun and silliness, all and just things. all helpful things. Oh, right. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Good catch. So I hope that people who have just been introduced to that practice will pr- will practice it more often. Yeah, I will. I was going to say I should, but no, I. No? <laughs> there's no should. <laughs> no, I, there is no should. And you'll feel better and you'll get, you'll more easily receive guidance. Everybody wants to develop psychic ability, intuitive ability. That's the way to do it. And that's really simple. All we did was relax and close our eyes and use our most powerful tool, which is our imagination. I had a, I mean, I had a moment there where I could definitely feel that my vibration was rising in like an mm-hmm. almost in like a literal sense. Cause like, uh, it's like the mind becomes clearer and, mm-hmm. uh, like quicker in a way. Oh, okay. Know? How did you know it was rising? Well, that's the vibration. I think of a faster vibration. Mm hmm higher vibration and faster vibration is the same thing. And I mean, it, I had this mm-hmm. moment of visualization where it kind of made sense, like those, those concepts of high vibration and also sort of just mental clarity and quickness hmm. as being Good. kind of the same. Good. And then everybody experiences it differently yeah. or has a different awareness about it. None are wrong, none are right. Well, they're all right, but none are wrong. Okay. (laughs) There is no right and wrong. So when people say, what should I be feeling? 
what should I be seeing? I'm like, right, you're, whatever you're you see, whatever it. you feel. You're going about it in an unhelpful way. You're going about it in a left brain way where you're trying to overthink it. Which can, it can be helpful. I mean, the left brain is of plenty course. helpful. Oh, sure. Right. In its own way. But. but in the spiritual realm, what I've noticed is that the most powerful things that occur are the simplest. Thank you, and thank yourself for taking the time to entertain some new spiritual concepts today. I hope it has been interesting and or helpful. You can find Cindy's channeled books on Amazon. Kindle versions also available. And visit my website, cindyriggs.com.